Good morning. Today's class is in the Unishmat Yerachmil Daniel Ben Gedalia, also in the Unishmat Moshe Rabbeinu, Unishmat Yon Benema, Foshalema of Hanabat Adel, Foshalema of Rav Daniel Ben Sara, Foshalema of the Holy Rabbi Rush, Shalom Ben Yavna, Zerat Hashem, and success of Al Yisrael. Also, today's Tuesday night, I'm having a Zoom session with Rabbi Maimon on Purim, Mizrat Hashem. It's going to be Tuesday night. And God willing, we have a few more sessions coming up. In LA, we're going to be in LA May 3rd and May 4th. So that's exciting in LA, Mizrat Hashem. And we're going to do two, two big events. All right, today, many people are asking me to speak about the war. Um, I'm just going to give you some of my insights on the war, stuff that I get through meditation. Again, I don't use my own opinion. I get This is stuff that I get when I meditate in a very, very deep place. These are the things that come up to me. And hopefully they'll resonate with you. Let's see what Rab Nachman says about war and what to make sense of all that's happening in the world. We need to understand that. Today's also Moshe Rabbeinu's Yortzai. So we're also going to talk about Netzach, Rab Nachman's connect, connection to Netzach. Netzach means, means victory, means eternal victory. We're also going to connect to, to that today. So <clears throat> just a couple of things that I'm thinking. Obviously, you know the, the, how, how much Uman, I go to Uman every year for the past 15, 16 years, how much, how, how, what pain I'm personally in, uh, being in doubt whether or not um, I'm going to be able to go to Uman this year. Or what, what's going to happen? Obviously, there's nothing right now but surrendering to God's light. And Rabbi Nachman clearly said, you know, last year, I remember the same time, Purim, praying to Gail to go to Uman because of COVID. You know, COVID, now it's the war. Like, there's always a, an obstacle. And somehow, any obstacle that we go through is only for the sake of desire. And that desire itself actually creates the vessel, the amount of light that you get. So I, I think now, before you, people used to go to pray, pray to go to Uman before, now they're praying right now. Because now it's obviously, everything's in the air right now. But just, just some... Just some some insights that I want to just talk about this war and, and we're, we're going to take a book called Wisdom from Rav Nachman we're going to take Hidden Treasures the Aleph Bed book Lesson 122 just a couple insights and how, how, what's the practicality what, what can we get out of this etc so number one obviously with um, President Zelensky everybody loves his courage so you could see the amount of courage that the guy has this is a big lesson for us how, how people love courage. You know, we're all facing a war in our lives, specifically in, in Adar. Remember, Adar, Hashem's miracles are hidden. In Nisan, they become revealed. So you could see right now, people are like, Adar, I'm supposed to be happy. What's going on? Yes, there's a lot of things being hidden. There's hidden miracles that you don't see. In, in Nisan, Bizrat Hashem, that is when things become revealed. God's name in Nisan is Yudke Vavke. Everything's in order. In uh, Adar, it's completely the opposite. It's completely the opposite. Everything is, looks disordered, but that's only because of our, our limited knowledge of understanding. So the, re- recognize that things can change in a blink of an eye. Uh, Nisan is everything's back to order, revealed miracles, etc. And that's very, very important to understand. We also need to understand there's a, there's a Mishle that says God controls the heart of every ruler. And this is one thing that happens that I always thought about. I said, you know, Paro. Paro knew better. Why did he lose everything? God controlled his heart. God made his heart stubborn. So I also believe that God is making, again, this is my opinion, but there's a Mishla that says that God controls the heart of the ruler. 
God can make the heart of the ruler stubborn. And we need to understand this, that Hashem could be, old, could be, could be orchestrating the whole making Putin into Paro. To make his heart hard. And you could see what the world is doing. There's so much chesed that's happening. There's never been so much unity that's ha- from this Ukraine situation. So much unity. The worst of life, the worst of, of situations brings the best of people. And there's, there's even stories of uh, uh, people in Polish mothers before the, the t- ultimate tikkun. The Polish threw, killed the Jews. Now they're taking the Jews in. And there's stories that they're bringing strollers for the mothers. It's the ultimate tikkun of what happened in the Holocaust. So you could see that there's an aspect of a tikkun here, of tremendous amount of chesed. And remember, originally, I believe, according to Rav Kassin, he had a beautiful class, that COVID was supposed to be the ultimate tikkun to fix people. What was the whole concept of COVID? Number one, there's three things that COVID should have fixed. Lashon Hara, that was the purpose of the mask, right? Avodah Zara, the, 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 the lust for money by shutting down the whole world. And the third thing, six feet, represents, in Kabbalistically, sexual immorality. Six feet, the Yisod. That was supposed to fix it. But apparently, COVID did not do anything, but brought everybody more, more, more opposite. Everybody was hating each other, etc. So remember, there's a concept that when we are united below, God treats us as a father. But we are, we are, when we are not united below, God treats us as a king. We control how God rules the world. He controls, if it's unity, he treats you like a father. If not, he treats you like a king. So right now you can see there's a concept of din, of judgment in the air. And that's something we also need to understand, that God controls the ruler. Paro's heart was stubborn. God's making this, heart, this guy's heart stubborn. It doesn't make sense, this war. Should have never happened. There's not. It just should have never happened. I mean, there's there's nothing to talk about. It just it doesn't. There's not enough. This is definitely was, was an avoidable war, in my opinion. But again, from Mishlah it says, like the streams of water, the heart of the king is in the hand of God. Maybe Hashem could give Biden a little intelligence, Bizrat Hashem. He directs it wherever he wishes. Another positive, cute thing that I thought about is the fact that gas prices are going up. Every Jew's walking to shul, reform, construction. <laughs> Everybody, nobody's driving to shul anymore. Every Jew's walking to shul now. So that's another thing, nobody's going to drive to shul anymore because of gas prices. Reform, reconstructionist, conservative, Chabad, whatever it is. Everybody's walking to shul now. It's another, it's another cute. I'm just thinking of the positive things of this war, God willing. And during the week, everybody's walking to Shul too. So you can see the, the, the Torah tells us there's an extra reward for walking to Shul. So maybe Hashem had to jack up the prices so we could start walking to Shul instead of driving on Shabbat. Okay, that's, that's, that's a theory. Um, but at the end of the day, well, let's talk about war, but at the end of the day, COVID was supposed to be this, to fix the problem at the end of the day. COVID was supposed to be the tikkun, to fix these three things, which is idolatry. The Gemara says there's three things a person can die, can die for. Idolatry, pigama briz, illicit relationships, and bloodshed, and, uh, and, and Lashon Hara. And Lashon Hara is considered all three, and there's nothing but nonsense and division, etc. So that's something just to understand that there's there definitely there's an aspect of chesed that's happening, and God controls the ruler of the king. And at the end of the day, bitterness has to come before peace. So here we know, we have this perfect storm here that 
we're going through a lot of bitterness, and hopefully through the chesed, the tremendous chesed of God willing that people are doing. Chesed is unbelievable what people are doing. And maybe this will bring, maybe the world needed chesed. Again, I, this is just my opinion, but I have a feeling there's something greater going on. Rabbi Rush said clearly, I believe a year or two ago, Hashem heal him, that this will be the last Uman. People were looking at him, what do you mean this is going to be the last Uman? Who, who knows what's happening? Who knows? But right now, the only thing that's going to give you a little sanity in your life is staying in the moment. Every moment is created by a new moment and a new moment. And that's all you could do. The more you start getting, uh, what's going to happen? With what's going to happen? That's the root of fear. That's the root of anxiety, etc. We need to stay in the moment. Of course, I would like to be a new moment with Rosh Hashanah like before. But again, we have to just surrender to God's light. And the more we surrender, the more He's able to humble our hearts. So let's talk about lesson, what Rabbi Nachman says about war. And what you see out there in the world our sages say the Baal Shem Tov sees what you see out there in the world you pretty much see in your own life. This is not just a war of um, Ukraine and Russia. This is a, a war with us and our in-laws, with us in our head. There's always a war that's happening. You know, this is the Parsha, Parsha Zachor. Remember, remember what a Malik did to you. Remember what, what your self-esteem, remember what your unworthiness does to you. Remember how much you've lost yourself because of your unworthiness. Remember, what does God need us to remember? Parsha Zachor, remember Amalek? God needs to remind you something? Because it's very easy. To, to a person today, it's very easy. You can see that today. People lost their identity. They don't even know who they are anymore. They do not know who they are anymore. They lost themselves to their, to their, to their kavod, to their habits, to their desires. They lost... Where's the... I don't know. So remember. Remember who you are. Ramachman says in Wisdom that the world is full of strife. There are wars between great world powers. Remember, he wrote this 250 years ago. There are conflicts between different localities. There are feuds amongst families. There is discord between neighbors. There is friction within a household, between a man and his wife, between the parents and his children. Life is short. People die every day. The day has passed, will never return, and death comes closer every day. But still, people fight and never once remember their goal in life. You know, I always say that when, you, when you're constantly complaining, you must think you're going to live forever. You have to think you're going to live. And nothing gave me my, more perspective than going what I went through with my son this year. How much this world is emptiness, nothingness. It's going to pass. It's all attachment, nothing else. And the more we unattach ourselves to this world, the happier we will be. And then we can live eternally because we're just consciousness. But the more we're attached to everything, to the, my wife, my husband, my money, my this, my desires, my this, my this, my marijuana, my this, my that, the more we're enslaved. You're not, you're not really, you're not living anyway. And also just the fact that I need everything to be perfect in my life and I need everything to be perfect and I need everything to get along. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I hate to tell you, it's not going to happen. You're never going to have permanent shalom bayit. Permanent, you're going to have moments of it. You're going to have ups, you're going to have downs. And this is what Rav Nachman tells us that what the Aleph is. What is the Aleph? We, we speak about this, we're reading the Parsha this week, the Vayikra. The Vayikra, the Aleph is small. Humility. What does the Aleph represent in our lives? The Aleph represents the ups and downs of our lives. The name 26. If you take the Aleph, it has, it has two Yods and a Vav, which is the numerical value of 26. You're either climbing up or you're climbing down. 
If, I t- if Rab Nachman would tell you how many times he had to restart his day when he was falling, he had to restart. And just like I said to myself, if I'm stranded in the middle of the highway and my car doesn't start, am I just going to abandon it and say, it's gone? <laughs> I'm going to try every single possible way to restart the car. This is the same thing about your life. You can't just abandon the car in the middle of the highway. You got to restart the car. You got to restart the car. You got to do whatever you need to do to restart the car. And last night I came home from the heat game very late after they lost. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to teach a class. Oh my God, I have nothing to say. I mean, I'm coming home from the heat game. What in the world could I be possibly thinking about? Tired, coming late. Next thing you know, four o'clock in the morning, five, four hours of sleep. My kids are... Now I got to teach a class. I was mentally completely... I said, this is a good day for a repeat. And then I said, you know what? Why should it be a repeat? Let me restart. Why should I? I can, I'm, I'm going to restart right now. And I restarted the car, restarted, restarted. And eventually the car started moving. And the same thing in our lives. We have to constantly restart. Whether you're going to break down, absolutely. But you have to constantly restart the car. So Malcolm tells us all strife is identical. All strife is identical. There's nothing new under the sun. Whether you're dating a Persian, a Moroccan, a Ashkenazi, I always say Sephardics, they have, they have the, the, the war, the war through hot war. Ashkenazim, cold war. Resentment, not speaking. Moroccans, they scream, they scream at you, they tell you everything. And then they go, and then they, they cool off. Ashkenazim, cold war. They don't talk to you. <laughs> different, different war. But all strife is identical. So whether you're looking for the one perfect person, you just have to be able to have somebody humble that, could, that can, is not so stuck in their ways. All strife is identical. The friction within a family is a counterpart of the wars between the nations. Each person in a household is a counterpart to the world's power and their quarrels and the wars between those powers. You have Ukraine, you have a Russia in your, in your families. You have a China in your family. You have a Iran in your family. You have an Iran. It could be your wife, Iran. It could be your husband. It could be whatever it is. Your kids. Whatever it is. Everybody has that in their family. As much as you want to try to avoid it, you can't do it. The traits of each nation are also reflected on these individuals. Some nations are known for anger. Others known for blood. Each one has a particular trait. And the counterpart and the counterparts of these traits are found in each household. You may wish to live in peace. You may wish to be Switzerland, like I always say. You can milk goats in Switzerland, but it's not going to happen. You have no. You you may have no desire for strife. Still, you are forced into dispute and conflict. Here we go. Basically, I'm, there's no question. Somehow or another, as much as I want to be. Basically, any, dis- any family that has more than one member is a dysfunctional family, pretty much. So everybody thinks, oh, my family's like this. My-. No, everybody's family is like this. Everybody goes, you're not better than anybody else. Yes, we have, some people have a better method of dealing with war. I deal with war through prayer. Other people deal with war through attacks. I like prayer. Rabbi Nachman says prayer is the main weapon in war. I'm in a war, I'm going to use prayer as a weapon. It's only, the only difference is between one guy and the other guy is where is he getting his artillery? Where is he getting his ammunition from? I get my ammunition from heaven. Other people need their, their egos. They need, they, need their, they need justifications. They need ego, pride. That's where they're getting their energy. Eventually, that's going to be a short-win war. That war is going to lead to nothingness. 
other wars are going to be wars that are going to give you, get you closer to God. But if you look at any situation in life, what in the world, what Sadiq, what person in the world did not go through a tremendous amount of, of, of... If you need a book on motivation, you should read The Life of Rav Nassim, which the book is called Through the Fire and Water. If you need to be able, if you want to light the fire in your life, and you need a little light in your life, buy the book Through Fire and Water, and you'll just talk about the life of, of, of what Rav Nassim had to go through. And after reading that book, you'll be completely humbled and recognize you have no problems. But you could see what big Sadiqim had to go through. And he says here, the traits of each nation, each individual, we want to live in peace, but nations are all the same. A nation may desire peace and make concessions to achieve it, but no matter what it tries, it remains neutral. It can still get caught up in the war. It seems like we're talking about this today. Two opposing sides can demand its allegiance until it's drawn against its war, against its will. The same is true of your household. The war, there's a war in your household. There's a war in your household. There's a war in your life. There's a war in your business. There's a war. There's people with different personalities. Man, Zohar says, man is a miniature world. Whatever you see in the world, man is a miniature world. What God's showing you outside is a collective consciousness of us. Very much. His essence contains in the world and everything in it. And man and his family contains the nations of the world, including all their battles. A man living in isolation could become insane. So that's, <laughs> I can't live by myself, because that could be an option. If you tell me I got to go to a war, I could say, you know what? Let me just live by myself. What do I need all this headache for? A man living in isolation can become insane. So you have to get married. You have to get married. You have to go into war. Within him are all the warrior nations. I don't want to scare people about marriage, but I'm going to explain to you. It's a tremendous challenge for growth. And if you are single, and you are not working on humility and letting go and being flexible, that's how you build your vessel. Because you're going to be in a war. You're going to have to give in. You're going to have to compromise. I don't know how many times I've compromised. I've compromised so much. I've been, I, 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 made, it's, I recognize it's not about me winning. It's about the team winning. The team has to win, not just you. An MVP winning, scoring 65 points a game, and they lose the game. What does that matter? It, it's, it looks it's like a big deal. You scored 65 points and you lost the game. It's like, uh, the team has to win. His personality, if a pro wants to live, in, uh, he wants to live alone. He can come insane with the nation. The only difference is, instead of the nations being in the family, the nations are in his head. The nations are in his head. Dealing with his habits and his desires and his... is in his head. His personality at a particular time is that of the victorious nation. Each time a different nation is victorious, he must change since he plays roles of every nation. This can drive him insane. For he is alone and cannot express the world within him. He's going to be living by himself. But when one lives with others, the battles are expressed through his family's and his friends. There, are may, there may be strife in the household of a tzaddik. This too is the war between the nations. When Mashiach comes, all the wars will be abolished. The world will have internal peace and they will neither hurt or destroy. You know, they used to ask us, you know, when should Mashiach come? Can he come right after my summer vacation? I'm going to Vail, Colorado. 
I just want to go skiing. Can he come? I'm just going to Dubai. I'm going to Maldives. Let him come after that. I don't think there's a person in this world right now that is interested in nothing but Mashiach as long as he's conscious. You'll, you'll put off your vacation for anything right now to have Mashiach come and to be in oneness and to, and, and to stop all these wars. Because no matter how much money you have, no matter what, you always, you're always at war. You're always at war. And this is the proper perspective. The bottom line is no, there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to run. That can't change people. I can't change people. So what I need to do is I need to change myself. And I need to find the good points in people. And I need to re- let things go. And I need to have n- remove resentments. And this is what Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 122. He says, In truth, the attribute of victory cannot, can, cannot handle the truth. What Rabbi Nachman is telling us is you cannot be in love and be right at the same time. Because if you want, the more you want to be right, you cannot handle the truth. For even if a, pearly, a person clearly recognizes something is true, he will reject it. How many times have we seen this this year? True things, they reject it because they can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth. Something doesn't work, they'll find an excuse. I think you could see the media, how much, even if something's black and white, they'll find a way to spin it ridiculously. Like, you know, I was just hearing something about gas, go, gas prices going up. You know, some people are saying, instead of saying, let's drill, let's get prices down, what a great opportunity for, to, to buy safer cars. Like, you gotta deal with the gas. Even something so obvious is, oh my God, you're right, we have a problem, gas is like six bucks. Like, you gotta deal with it. Oh, you see, you shouldn't be driving that car anyway, you gotta, you gotta, go into, you gotta buy Tesla. The, guy from, the owner of Tesla is telling everybody, drill. So just the point that even if a person today, you could see, you want to tell the guy, you want to show something obvious to somebody, but because they always want to win, they cannot see the truth. That's exactly what Abnathan tells us. Your ability to always want to win because of your ego, a low self-esteem, ego goes up, always have to win, I can't be proved wrong. I cannot, for any circumstances, take fault and say, I'm sorry, maybe I had it the wrong way. Your perspective is so small when you want to win all the time. Because it's all about ego. How do I look? Instead of what do I need to do, you're more focused on how do I look? How do I look here? It's all a PR. But the Yetzirah is running the PR for you. You should know that. Your Yetzirah, your ego is running your PR. You need God to run your PR for you. And this is where Rab Nachman says, God ignores a contentious person and hides his place from him. The person always wants to fight. Hashem removes himself from being that person. Removes himself. You always want to fight? I don't want to have anything to do with you. Because my name, I'm willing, to, my name is willing to be erased for the sake of peace. My name is, go, my name. So anybody, whoever you're married to, etc., your job in life is to seek peace. And whoever strives for peace the most, even though you're going to be at war. You know what's going to happen? That person, that's what the the Gemara says, one who hears himself shamed and remains silent, the Holy One will protect the soul. What else does he say? Whoever whoever closes his mouth in front of an argument, what's going to happen? No, the world exists only in the merit of a person who seals his mouth in a, in, a, in a time of dispute. 
What are you arguing all about? Let it go. So I just want to give you guys a perspective. There's a war. You're going to be in a war. Whoever you marry, it's not about finding a soul. You think you're going to have a, a soulmate that has a tooth fairy and fairies and, and butterflies and everything's going to be... No, it's not happening. Whoever you're marrying, and usually your spouse will change. There'll be a war regardless. I went through a divorce. I got remarried. Baruch Hashem, very happy, but it's always compromisation, always bittle. It's to get you more spiritual. That's the whole point. It's to get you spiritual, to get you into a more compassionate person. Gemara says clearly, one who shows compassion on others, God will show him compassion. So when we were able to have compassion, such as these people in Ukraine, God shows us compassion. And this is ultimately what it's all about. You have to recognize whoever you're going to marry, you work on yourself, you have a good marriage. If you don't work on yourself, you'll be destroyed. Because it's all about you. And that's the opposite of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is not about him. Moshe Rabbeinu is about everybody. And this is something we all have to learn. To, we have to all learn. And Hashem help us all. That we should all, number one, look at the war outside. There's a war inside our heads. There's a war in our families. There's a war inside our heads. But Rabbi Nachman is telling us very, something very, very important in the, be- in the beginning. What does he tell us here? Life is short. People die every day. The day past will never return. How much time are you spending in your life focusing, trying to change people? How much time are you focusing in your life worrying about what people said to you? How much time are you renting real estate in your head every single day? Because that day's gone. The day's gone will never happen again for you. So your job is to live. Yes, there's a war. I have to live. I have to live. I have to, today's the moment. Today's the day I can live. But if you live in yesterday, or you live in worried about tomorrow's war, you're not living anyway. You're not living anyway. But there will, will be wars. And when these wars are, wherever you run to, you can run to Hashem. Another thing you see in the world, tremendous fear of a human being. Where is the fear of Hashem? What the hell are these United Nations for? For what? To do what? <laughs> What's the purpose? Everybody's afraid. You can see what fear does. It makes something bigger than it is. They made Putin look like the, the like, like, against the whole world. You can see how the weak the world is against one guy. Because why? Fallen fears. Yesterday's class. We've fallen. Our fears became hidden. Everything's a fallen fear. We're giving him the cough. When you more you fear your opponent, you are giving him cough. You are strengthening him. Isn't it amazing? You are strengthening that person. The whole world is strengthening. Whoever's afraid of this guy, put is strengthening him. That's why you need courage. Courage is having afraid, being afraid, but you're still doing it. That's the difference. That's courage. It really takes everything. And that's why Hashem should help us. But more importantly, put the energy in the right place. Just put it in Hashem. May Hashem help us all. This is a very important class to look at the war completely different. And, and recognize this is not just an outer war. This is a war inside our house. And the same thing, when, when, when things happen in life, what do you need to do? You need to do chesed. You know, people normally take things for granted. People take a lot of things for granted. You know, I've said this many times. You know, imagine, you know, even myself, thank God my arm repaired. I went into the job. I was so happy that I was able to lift again. I was grateful just that my arm working. You know, we celebrate when things go bad and things get repaired. But we're not celebrating. My arm works today. Yay! My legs works today. Unfortunately, we, we become very, very... Uh, we expect everything to work out, and when things don't work out, we get humbled, and then we praise our Creator when things get worked out again. 
So this is a major lesson for all of us that we should all learn a lot of things from this war. Have a great day. Exactly. Very powerful.